into the contest. It is Tuesday the 11th of October. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shana, I'm looking forward to this Rugby League World Cup and you will not miss a thing right here on Afternoon Sport. We won't, mate, because we've got a man on the ground, Robbie Farrar, who um, we brought to us by one of our sponsors, Barclay Pierce Capital. Um, as we say, they're only a phone call away. Uh, but he'll re- be reporting live on the ground, Tim. So we'll have the real inside information, what's going on in the camps and what they're up to and um, and how the team's performing and, and who's likely to win. So, yeah, be really just listen to that one. It's going to be a cracker. Yeah, Robbie Farrar, I love the guy, and uh, he's going to be right here on Afternoon Sport. Huge show on the way. What about the rise of Nathan Ellis? He's 28 years old. He doesn't look much older than a teenager, but he's an extraordinary fast bowler, and he's gone right up to the top of the list. We'll talk about that. The latest in the AFL trade, it's getting down to the wire. And what about Brad Fittler's 105-kilo son? In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Now, Nathan Ellis, Tasmanian paceman, he looks young, doesn't he? He's got the baby face, but he's 28 years old. And most importantly, from a cricket point of view, he really has improved. He's refined his game. He's got this really effective run-up. And just watching him bowl against England the other night... He was in lights, wasn't he? And uh, the change of pace, the way he took wickets, um, yeah, he's he's really on the rise, Nathan Ellis. Yeah, the way he runs in reminds me a little bit of my younger brother, Brett. Mm. But I think what he said to me, the key point there was his change of pace. Now, the Aussies are going to go into this T20 World Cup with three of the most experienced bowlers in the world, uh, being Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins. Um so where does Nathan Ellis fit in? Look, he's, he's bowling performance uh, in the last couple of games, particularly in India too, where he took three wickets over there. Um, but he took three for 20 of four overs, so not going for many runs and taking wickets. But he has a change of pace and brings something to that side that Stark, Hazelwood and, and Cummins don't have. But the question is, who do you leave out? Hazelwood's been the best bowler probably for the last two years, um, particularly over in the IPL. Stark is a new ball genius and take wickets. And Cummins is the best bowler in the world, so where does he fit in? I don't know, but he does have that ability to bolt the death and change the pace. And, um, yeah, he slides onto the bat quite quickly and, and is quite deceptive. He may give them no no choice but to pick him. And mm. uh, he is drinking from the fountain of youth. I know that 28 is young, but uh, he, he does look so young, doesn't he, Nathan Ellis? Yeah, I think so. I think the, the guy potentially whose spot may be in jeopardy is mm. Hazelwood. I think he's just yeah. come off the boil just a little bit of recent times. But, look, he's yeah. a world-class bowler, so he's going to have to really push to, to get into that team. Now, more has come to hand. Now, this is a story from a few years ago with Nick Kyrgios and Stan Varinka. And Kyrgios had famously had a crack at Varinka uh, saying that, you know, Kokonakis had basically been with his girlfriend. And uh, now what's coming to light is that it all blew up in the, the dressing rooms uh, and they had to be separated. Yeah, this goes back to 2015 at the Canadian Open and um, and allegedly what Nick said, he said, Kokonakis banged your girlfriend. Mm. And she loves cock, 
but he's referring wow. to Kokonakis. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'm quoting him there. Um, but yeah, so and apparently they, um, Rinka actually totally skipped his press conference, went down the change room, mm. and it got physical and had to be separated. Uh, and then you, and Nick's brother actually doubled down and saying if he was in the in that change room that Wurinka wouldn't have played the next couple of matches. So it was very, very violent. Nick Curious was fined thirty five thousand dollars for that and actually apologised on Facebook. Um, but yeah, there was no ever talk about them actually getting physical in the change room until now. Yeah, look, he's tidied up his game a lot, Nick, but there's things in the past that are going to continue just to jump up because of the nature of what he's done and been and said. And let's have a look at this soccer story, Ika Casillas. Now, he's one of the highest profile players in the world, and this is quite a drama, isn't it? He's come out on Twitter because there's all this rumour about him and whether he'd been with some of the high profile girls and uh, speculation in and around his love life, but he's come out and posted, uh, or we'll say he's his Twitter account got hacked, but said, uh, I'm gay. And this has set a whole string of storylines which uh, haven't been completely positive. No, it's not. Um, and I just don't know how these, these Twitter accounts keep getting hacked. I mm. don't understand that bit. But he's he's come out and vehemently denied that. And he said that he finds it very disrespectful that and, – and he personally apologised to the LGBTQ community mm. saying that um, how could someone tarnish the, pro- the process of coming out? Um, he's saying that he's not, um, and you're right, he's been with some high-profile girlfriends like Shakira, um, and he said, yeah, vehemently, that he was hacked. Mm. Yeah, I, I do. I'm with you a little bit. I, <laughs> I suppose people are going to be cynical, aren't they? Like, sort yeah. of the, the one one tweet gets uh, gets sort of mysteriously hacked. But uh, what, <laughs> what about what about in golf? Um, big names. Uh, look, there. This is one of the sort of silver linings of the the Live Tour that a lot of Aussie golfers uh, will come back and play. And there's talk of one of the big tournaments being played here. Now, this is quite separate, but we're going to see a few of the guys that are on the Live Tour playing at this wonderful Cathedral International. Cathedral, for those that don't know it, is an extraordinary golf course set in uh, uh, regional, rural Victoria. Yeah, it is. And it's a Greg Norman golf course as well. Mm. So you can see how Greg Norman's got his finger in a lot of pies here. It's uh, not only is he running the whole tournament now, um, but he's now going to courses where he's actually developed as well. Um, but yeah, they're, they're attracting big names. Adam Scott, who seems to have not been so uh, on the PGA side, he's now saying he's prepared to play in this one. So you could see him slowly migrating over to the LIV. Uh, and Mark Leishman will play as well. So yeah, apparently it's a beautiful golf course, Tim. I've never been there. Yeah, I haven't either. I've heard lots about it and been invited a couple of times, but never been able to get there. I'd love to have a game at Cathedral. Sounds like a, a remarkable place. All right, coming up on Afternoon Sport, the NRL, AFL and plenty more. Afternoon Sport. The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one-stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters. Build fast sports multis and play same game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian owned. The only betting app you need this spring is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly.
Let's have a look at this AFL and the, the first domino has fallen mm. in this. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very intriguing situation, isn't it, with the whole trade deal in the AFL? I'll try and dumb it down, Timmy, because there's only 72 mm. hours left. But in short, Frio have landed the big one, the, um, the Melbourne star Ruckman, Luke Jackson. So he'll head over there to Fremantle on a seven-year deal reportedly worth 900k per season. Huge number. Um, the Giants get um, Toby Bedford from Melbourne. Um, and Horn Francis and Junior Rioli will now confirm, and we, we speculated, but they're off to Port Adelaide, so that's a great win for them. GWS will get now get the number one draft pick, uh, and West Coast will get some really good draft picks as well. So that's sort of what happened in short. There's, another, there's a lot of other um, subtleties in and around some other picks at Melbourne and have to give up and et cetera, et cetera. But that's in short, that's what's happening in the draft at the moment. 72 hours to go. I think that you've uh, summarised that quite beautifully, my dear friend. Oh, now, now go, over at GWS across town in Sydney, Mark McVeigh, I suppose this was always going to happen if you, you know, if you wanted to be the coach yes. and you've been overlooked uh, uh, and he was the interim coach at GWS, he's decided that he's not going to stay. No, he's not. Well, Adam Kingsley comes in um, and with that comes his new team. He's chosen Brent Montgomery. Um, Montgomery has you know, 13 years experience as an assistant coach with Carlton, the Western Bulldogs and Port Power. So he brings a, a, a wealth of experience there to that team. So McVeigh will have to now move on. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what about Brad Fittler's son, uh, Zach? Oh. 105 kilos uh, playing in the the New South Wales-Queensland under-16 rugby union game. Of course, he plays lower representative footy for the Roosters. And uh, Freddie said the hardest part of most of his days is not to give him advice because he's already got so many coaches. But uh, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't seem like he seems to need a lot of advice, young Zach. No, as you said, uh, under-16 105 kegs. So he's playing for the New South Wales Waratahs versus Queensland. He scored an amazing try. He just steamrolled some guy. And they call him a tank. Um, but he's also playing for the Sydney Roosters in the under-17 mm. Harold Matthews competition. Um, he goes to Scots College. So that's probably good for, for Brad Fittler, who lives on the northern beaches. So he's at Scots boarding. Um, so he's 105 kilos, so he's not eating bread out of house and home. So he's been fed by Scots. But the rumour is that um, his fees are actually paid by the Roosters. Um, so when it comes down to either playing for the Waratahs or the Roosters in the future, I think the Roosters may get yeah, first in. Yeah, what, he's, uh, he's a name to watch, isn't he? Mm. You're not going to miss it with that surname. Yep. Uh, I still think that his dad should be in a discussion when it gets around to Immortals. So I don't think there was a player that dominated yep. the competition quite like he did when the Roosters won that premiership. Uh, now, what about this policeman uh, or the, the police game? Now, this, this was a really ordinary look, wasn't it? Uh, it was two different areas of Western Sydney coming together in uh, an off-duty game of rugby league, and it turned violent. It did, and there was a lot of senior police there watching the game, and apparently the both teams have been mm. reprimanded on this. So it was a new, uh, the Nepean Police Area Command and the Hills Police Area Command, and they and they came to, yeah, full-on knuckles uh, during the match, had to be separated. Not a great look, particularly from uh, and, uh, the police tournaments, and I've been to see them watch them play mm. cricket over the years, and it's it's highly competitive, um, but they definitely overstepped the mark here. What about Shane Van Gisberg? And it's hard to get critical of him because <laughs> uh, you and I both had a few big nights. Uh, but he's sort of midway through. It's quite ironic. He's having the interview with Carl, Carl Stefanovic of the Today Show, who, of course, infamously uh, had a few quiet sherbets at the Logies and did the show the next day. But uh, poor old Shane had to sort of duck away and uh, go to Europe, so to speak, Shane. 
He did. He's going to North Sydney calling for the Bears. Um, but, yeah, had to leave the set and go and have a quick bark. <laughs> well, it was a fairy tale ending, wasn't it, for, for Holden? And um, and he's obviously celebrated long into the night. And, um, yeah, we've all been there, Timmy. You get a little bit green and um, the sweats start to happen and you have to exit stage right, stage left even. Yeah, there's not really much you can do. There's not really much you can do, old Shane Van Gisbergen. Of course, his second Bathurst win. Now, wrapping it up today, uh, Glenn McGrath, love the guy. Uh, I remember covering his first ever test match, and he was just this spindly guy, uh, tall, fast bowler. It was in Perth in the 93-94 series against New Zealand, and uh, what a legend he, he became. Yeah, absolute legend. Well, Mark Taylor said you're not a good bloke unless you have a nickname. Mm. Um, and Glenn McGraw had three, or still has three. He was he was originally called he was he was um, discovered by Doug Walters in a Country Cup match, um, and they moved him to um, down to play for Sutherland. He lived in a caravan, and so his nickname originally was Millard because he lived in a Millard caravan. Mm. Um, due to his spindly legs, as you just mentioned, he got the nickname then Pigeon. But the favourite nickname. I always used to love, and I think Steve War and, and Mark War used to call him this. Was Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber because he had the he had the pumpkin pie haircut, <laughs> and sort of a chip tooth at the front. Yeah, he's nicknamed Lloyd Christmas, so he, he hated that one. So that was my favourite, definitely. Lloyd Christmas, Millard, and Pigeon. Because he could be annoying in the dressing rooms. He could hit someone in the head with a grape from about a hundred metres, couldn't he? And uh, I wonder whether Mark Taylor would have uh, had that little great sense of philosophy if he didn't have Tubby as a nickname. Interesting. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Our fantastic sponsors, Barclay Pierce Capital. They're only a phone call away. And Elite Bet. They have a new app, Timmy. So if you're looking for a pun on the weekend, get on there and uh, join up. They're a fantastic mob. And a big thank you to our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We are back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, why not check out one of our other podcasts, like the Building Resilience Podcast. Noel Allnup, the CEO of Securo, explores the minds of world-class performers in order to deconstruct their life tools and ethos that can help us create growth and optimise business. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to afternoonsport.com. Afternoon Sport.